Welcome back to Hashtag No Filter, everybody. I just finished my five-day juice cleanse last week. I said I was just about to start it, and I just finished it. I survived five days, pure juice. I did not eat anything solid. Day one was a bitch. Day two was not much better. By day three, I was kind of okay, but day four and day five, I totally loved it. Um, and I probably won't be doing it again soon, but I totally loved it. Um, I felt great. My brain was working. My body felt awesome. So shout out to Suja Juice. Thank you for hooking me up with that five-day juice cleanse. I am going to be selling it to everybody now. I have so many people asking me questions. And um, I filmed the entire thing, so that's going to be up on my YouTube channel soon. So stay stay tuned for that. I'm really excited because I have a guest in today who's going to talk to us about, um, you know, my favorite topic of love and dating. He is America's number one relationship enthusiast. He's the creator of The Great Love Debate and the author of How to Find Love in 60 Seconds. Please welcome Brian Howie. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? What was your first solid food after the juice cleanse? It wasn't very exciting. I had almonds. Oh, well, you're supposed to ease back into it. <laughs> I tried to. I didn't have anything. I haven't had anything fun. No. Oh. I'll be honest. Five's I a good length. I've done nine. Really? Yeah. I've also done 30 days raw. Really? That that did a lot for you, just raw did food it? for nine days. Yeah. Once I imagine you... that to be very gassy. Yeah. Well, I guess that's the point. It's supposed <laughs> to uh, stimulate your uh, intestinal system to do good, but it's all good. Good for you. Thank you. I yeah, I'm doing this new uh, challenge. I'm taking on all these different wellness trends. Mm-hmm. Um, so also over the weekend, I had a hydrocolonic. It's awesome. It is. Yeah. It really is. It's, it's really weird and really awkward. And so I'm filming all of these. So I literally filmed myself getting a hydrocolonic. Did you um, go to the one right down the road here? No, the one I went to. I saw Dr. Bo Wagner. He's out in uh, Sherman Oaks. Oh, there's one right down the street here on Pico. I didn't know that. She's awesome. Oh, what's her name? That's terrible. I've heard Roland Co- <laughs> Roland Colon. Oh, look it up. It's that's Roland Colon. <laughs> She's great. All right, I'm gonna. You know her, so you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Roland Colon. <laughs> She's the best. It. Have you gotten a hydrocolonic, Rena? One time. Did you like it? Yeah, it's awesome. I liked Wet it. Some people have had a horrible time. Have like had really bad experiences. Well, you got to go to the it. right person. The right person makes you feel relaxed and it's freaky. Yeah. You know, it's not a natural experience. So I, I, I liked it. I'll probably be getting another one yeah. sometime soon. Okay, so you create. You're the creator of the Great Love Debate. Correct. What is that? The Great Love Debate is a live touring. It's a tour. We've, okay. we, uh, we've gone to 78 different cities in North America. We've done over 100 shows over the last 18 months. In theaters, we take uh, 100 men and 100 women single and okay. uh, seat them on opposite sides of the theater. And over the course of 90 minutes, town hall style, try to figure out why all these seemingly reasonable people are still <laughs> single. And we mix in a panel of celebrities and experts and psychologists and matchmakers or whatever, and we have a really fun, rollicking, interactive time where we raise questions and find answers. That is fun. So are you hooking them up, or we're just trying to find they, out just, why people don't want to date both, them? Both, but just the very act of getting that many men, single men and women in a room and having an open, honest forum, people match at our shows more than match. I mean, believe it okay. happens every wow. single night that... Uh, 
You know, I always made, uh, make the comment that before online, da- online dating now is responsible for 30% of marriages. Okay. So I researched and I number. found out what that took the place of, meaning uh-huh. where that 30% filled the gap. Do you know what the, and, and online dating is the number two way people meet. Number one is still friends. Mm-hmm. But do you know what number two used to be before online dating? No. Church. Church. And the reason why is not about praying and it's not about anything. It's simply the act of congregating, the uh, act of men and women getting in the same sense. place and interacting before or after church or temple or whatever. It's sort of the same thing, getting all of these people in the theater and having them sort of uh, go at it in a fun, feisty fashion. And then we have a party afterwards, and it's been fantastic. It was sort of a short-term social experiment, and now it's turned into like a movement, and, and it's wow. we're all over the place. So so is it just a live show, or have you taped this and aired it anywhere? No, it's being, it de- it's being developed as, as a TV show. We do a, we do a podcast with it. I mean, we're, there's all sorts of ways to, to do the content, but sort of the core of this is the live show. And like I said, it's not a seminar. It's not a panel discussion. It's not a Q&A. So we don't do hotel ballrooms. We do uh-huh. theaters on stages. And we drag people onto that wow. stage sometimes. And, uh, you know, the dialogue flows sort of from the audience to the stage. And okay. so the audience is really, you know, my job is to to whack the audiences like a pinata and uh, <laughs> and pour out whatever is in there and find out what's making everybody tick or where the disconnect lies. I see. Okay, so how do you cast these people? Or how do you know which ones to pick? Or it's just at random? They buy tickets and it's random. I mean, I've been doing this a long time, so I sort of know how to do it. And you could tell by body language. You could tell okay. by enthusiasm. And you, and you, you set a tone in the room where everybody is comfortable to share. Okay. And once people realize that we're all in the same boat, uh, it makes it a lot better and a lot easier. And, um, you know, every show is different. Every city is different. Every audience is different, but it still comes down to confidence and communication. And those are the roots of all of our issues. And okay. That was going to be my question is what, what have you found to be the most common issue that people face? Why are these people so undateable? Why am I single, Brian? Well, at a, me too. And while <laughs> at a, uh, you know, at its core, the women want the men to try harder and the men want the women to make it easier. Okay. And that is really where we're at now, that, that over the last uh, 20 years or so, the women to their credit, have ramped up their independence. I don't need a man. Sometimes their masculine energy. And if anything, the men have gotten more sensitive introspective. So the women have taken a step this way and the men have taken a step the other way. And that has really led to this hole. And that hole, the Band-Aid over that hole is apps and social media and online dating. And that is what people now are using rather than go back towards each other in real life. Okay. You know, we always... uh, Make the the joke. Our producer Kathy Cope is sitting here, and she came up with the, <laughs> she came up with the line: "Get your head out of your apps," and uh-huh. um, and that's really true. People have now, rather than connect face to face and say uh-huh. hello, they're retreating behind their Facebook profiles and their Match and Tinder and all that kind of stuff, and that is root of this this bigger gap that's happened over the last 20 years. The gender roles are blurred, and, and that's what's happened. So are you against these apps and online dating? No, I think they're, you know, they're in any way that you can have to to engage with as many people as possible is good. That That is engaging, but it can't be the only thing you do. It has to okay. be a, another tool in your in your belt. You cannot forget that no matter how many people you think you are connecting with online, you are connecting with 
or have the opportunity to connect with three or four or five times that many every single day of your life in the course of a normal day. Okay. You know, we say instead of you know swiping left and swiping right, just turn your head left and turn your head right. <laughs> There's live people all yeah. over and we've sort of buried our faces in our phones and our heads in our asses and we've we've lost the ability to, to say hi. But do you feel like, okay, so let's say I'm more open to doing that. Do you feel like people around me would or everybody's still so focused on these apps? Like if I'm more open to it, that, so if I'm turning my head left and right, I mean, it's on you to go say hi. It's okay. on you to make the move. It's on you to to do the approaching to go back and, to and to not be scared to fight through the unapproachability of others, whether it's men or women. The men okay. are very afraid. Um, you know, we've done all sorts of shows. We've done uh, LGBT shows. We did Latin show. We've done single parent show. And if you printed out the transcripts of everything, it still comes down to, I don't want to make the, I'm scared and, uh. and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, we, the ability to hide behind technology has okay. been a hindrance to just saying hi at Starbucks. Huh. Okay, so I feel like my problem is I'm I'm the exact opposite. I feel like I'm way too forward and I'm a little intense. That will pay off in the long run. I, okay. I mean, I think it's a numbers game. I mean, the more people that that you that that's a good part of your personality. That's a good characteristic to have. Okay. Confidence and all that is a is a major plus. Um, you know, you got to have to know how to rein that in and how to pick your spots. You can't just randomly go every person, but, <laughs> but it, it's a good thing to have. I also have no fear of saying hi to everybody either, but I'm a lot older than you. So that took time to, to do that. When I was, you know, your age, I definitely was not comfortable going up to a stranger. I would, I would take the stairs so I wouldn't get stuck in the elevator with somebody because I might have to talk to them. Like I was very socially in my own own world and um you know doing these live shows and we've probably been in front of 20 25,000 people wow. by now has really made me look at myself and wonder like where are my issues and where's my problems and all that kind of stuff so and what have you found i found that i didn't do the work and i found that <laughs> I, I i you know you gotta really you know i would say it's not them it's you uh, you know a lot of people want to say oh yeah. especially the women in los no, angeles or new york like there's no good guys here the city's too hard to date no. No, I, I agree. And I feel like going out on dates, even if it's somebody that you don't necessarily see a, a, a connection with, I feel like you learn so much about yourself oh and what you like and your own preferences just by throwing yourself into these awful so, situations. right. I mean, dating is a muscle you need to, to exercise, but the very act of sitting across somebody who is you know, not your type or out of your comfort zone, you will find out more about yourself than yeah. you ever would about those people. We, we say if, you, if you're not comfortable doing that, start slow. Start by wearing a piece of clothing that you wouldn't normally wear that is not huh. your type. Order something off a menu that you wouldn't know. Anything that shakes up your sort of day-to-day laziness when it comes to this stuff. And then work your way up to, I'm going to have coffee with somebody that I feel like I have nothing in common with. And you will really learn a lot about yourself. Yeah. That's that's what I'm learning this year, especially in the past, I would say year, maybe year and a half. I just really have learned to push myself to like new boundaries and like uncharted territory. And I like it. It's very enlightening. It's true. Cleansing. Yes. There you go. <laughs> Kalanik is Kalana, scary. Yes. You know, you're crossing boundaries. You're out of your comfort zone. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. So talk to me, uh, speaking of doing the work, talk to me about How to Find Love in 60 Seconds. That's your well, new book. How to Find Love in 60 Seconds is... Uh, it's not about a quickie. It's really <laughs> about every day 
of your life, there are half a dozen opportunities that you can recognize, act on, and most importantly, not kill. And you have sort of these 60-second forks in the road where either your action or inaction can can find that. I, I you know I survey people all the time. Every single day of your life, if you are a man, you are within ten yards of a thousand women. Every day in the course okay. of normal life. If you're a woman, you are within ten yards of a thousand men. So let's just say five or six of a thousand people is somebody that you could fall in love with. That seems low, point five, point six percent needle in a haystack, but really Okay, there's five or six people that you're going to see tomorrow that you're going to be almost in the same room with that you could fall in love with. Mm-hmm. You have to under the 60 seconds you have to learn how to look for them, how to recognize them, how to connect them and don't miss opportunities that are out there. And so okay. it's sort of uh the 60 seconds is sort of about these are five or six windows a day where 60 seconds can sort of make or break an opportunity. Okay, so what are give me the bullet points of what those are? What the opportunities are or what the actions are? What the actions are. Well, first of all, you have to recognize that there are this. But rather than focus on the 995 people who won't be a match, you have to sort of look at where are these opportunities. And the number one thing you have to do is to just notice those around you. When you were a kid, maybe you went on a car ride with your parents and you would count blue cars or something. Uh You know, an exercise you can do is sort of, Try and see 10 people with blue eyes. And what Uh, really what that will do is not only will you notice them, you'd be surprised at how much they will notice you. You know, another thing you can do is if somebody makes an effort to engage you, I know a lot of people are like, well, I just was going to Whole Foods. I didn't want anybody to talk to me. Well, you know, whether you want somebody to talk to you, you're (laughs) nodding. Like, of course, I just (laughs) want to go to the grocery store and not get hit on. But, you know, if somebody either ask a question of somebody or Uh answer a question from somebody. A question and an answer is a conversation. Right. Okay. It's a back and forth. And your only goal is to take a conversation and turn it into some sort of engagement and where you, you don't necessarily, um, recognize that is not only maybe they're not the person you never know who they know you never know mm-hmm. who they knew you never know who, uh, who, who that's a good what point. was the opportunity it's, you know a lot of people make these checklists of things they are looking for and right. a lot of times they make these checklists to basically rule out everybody so it's like it's not me i just haven't found the right. people on you this list the right and, person yeah you know that sort of goes back to the to the fairy tales and uh you know women were raised men were raised on sort of toys in the dirt but but women were <laughs> told about the fairy tales and prince charming and what everything and and i would say the mistake that the women make is they mistake the last page or two of the fairy tale as the whole fairy tale the fairy right. tale is filled with a journey that is scary and painful and kissing right. frogs and spells and witches <laughs> and you know you want the fairy tale you're probably in it right now right. and you have to get through the woods and you have to you know do all these kind of things to get to the point where you can do that and if you if you don't go through the journey you're never going to get to the destination but i like to just jump right to the last page i like the happy ending like, I just want to oh. bypass all of it and jump right to the end. Everybody, but unless that happy ending comes <laughs> Instant from, gratification. from substantive and, and it's got to come from, you know, you need no, to add layers true. and depth and experience and journeying and getting to, again, not just knowing the other person, but knowing yourself. And it takes a long time. Yeah. You know, you you know the brain is not fully formed till we're 25. So everything that, that yeah. we do before then can really just be excused. Like, I'm uh, not, I'm just not a fully developed brain, yet. <laughs> you know, and I always said, uh, 
you know, if you want to, when is the right time to do it? Well, you know, I didn't know who I was at 30. I'm supposed to know who you are. Yeah. You know, the right time is when you feel you have uh, embraced your biggest weakness. And, okay. And you recognize what it is you need to work on. That, and that can happen at any age, but it takes a lot longer for men traditionally to do that than women. Okay. Okay. So what are your best go-to tips for first dates? So we've made it. We've recognized that, you know, I found you. I found you. I found you. I have three dates lined up this weekend. What's your best advice well, for, uh, for nailing those on dates? On a date, first of all, you have to understand. Your only goal of the first date is to get the second date. Okay. That's your only goal. Right. Is to have a good enough time to get to the second date. Both people are usually nervous on a first date. And right. I would say unless somebody knocks a flammable entree over on you and sets you on fire. You should always give somebody a second chance on the on that date. Okay. But go into a date, you know, a lot of uh you know, we have a lot of dating coaches and matchmakers who do our show and and they advise people to have questions prepared. And I think sometimes okay. the questions is where the date or the, even the first conversation goes bad. You need to only ask questions that there's a tangible answer, answer to. to. And what I mean by that is some people go and say, what's your dream vacation? Well, that's a stupid question. Well, not only that is whoever's answering it feels they're being judged on the right. answer. So you don't have to say necessarily like, where were you born? But if you said like, have you ever zip lined? That's a yes or no. Right. You know, have you ever wanted to do something? Yes or no. If you ask questions that have an answer that build, and again, a, a date should be like ping pong. You're just going back and forth, back and forth, and keep a conversation going and not okay. trying, and getting to know slowly as much information as you can about each other and building and building and building. You also should go on a date that involves some sort of activity. Even if it's dinner, you're better off at Benihana or Medieval <laughs> Times or Fondue or something than you are just sitting across a, at a stuffy restaurant. Okay. Take a class together. Go do something together. Like a comedy club is a great first date because at the very least, you're going to remember that you laughed on that date and right. there's enough time in there to still talk. Movies, okay. movies is not a first date because you have to sit silently next to each right, other. Right, right. And it's awkward. But doing things where you're both observing and reacting to not only what you're seeing, but what you're each other. I mean, that's a good way on a date too. Okay. So, what are some good talking points for a first date? Like, for, what, what what questions should I be asking? What questions should you be asking is? Or what questions do you ask well, on a first I'm, date? Well, I'm I'm an unusual first date <laughs> because I think nothing's off limits. I think uh, I'm the same. Way. I think the dating history is perfectly reasonable. You know, if somebody wants to ask me why I've never been married, I think that's the elephant in the room. They absolutely <laughs> have every right to ask that. I think that you know you want to avoid anything that is going to turn into an argument or. Uh, or yeah, that you know, be a good politics is probably bad. Religion is probably bad. You probably shouldn't argue abortion on the first date. <laughs> um, but you should really share. You know, be be ready to share anecdotes. As a man, be self-deprecating. A lot of the the guys want to ramble on about the, the 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 bond trade they made at work because they're trying hard to impress her. Okay. And the best thing you can do to impress a woman is to show some sort of vulnerability. The most confident man can be vulnerable. Right. Show her a little weakness. So show her a little like I'm doing this. I worked on her. Tell a story. Like you know, if if uh, you know, 
if, if you did a cleanse with no problem, that's admirable, whatever. But if you you telling like the first days were rough and I got through it, well, that shows a struggle. Okay. And it shows you guys, you relate to it. And if you're just like, I eat cleanse all the time, you know, <laughs> it's also a challenge. Um, a lot of women uh, ask, well, why does the man take my phone number and he asks me out or, and he says, would you like to go out with me? And then he doesn't call. Well, Yes, that is actually a real question that I had on my notes because I had a friend that mm-hmm. I saw right before this taping yep. that wanted me to ask you that exact okay. question because she had the same thing where a guy asked for her number, they said hello, and then he never texted her back. Asking it for a number is yes or no. You either get it or you don't. Right. Would you like to go out with some time? Yes or no, you either get it or don't. Then he's got to plan something, and that takes creativity, and, and he has no idea what he's dealing with, especially we're in Los Angeles here. Right. She may want to eat this. She may not eat this. She might go there. It is fraught with peril, and, and for yeah. the, that's when he usually, you know, he wanted to go out with her when he asked for the number. It's just he doesn't know what to do. So mm. our advice to the, to the girl is... Absolutely. Let's do dinner. I know a bunch of great places. Like just suggestions. Okay. Three, I've always wanted to try this or this. He's the burden is still usually on the guy. He's asking her out. He's doing all that. Give him information of what you might like to do, and he will almost always yeah. go for that. You have to give him a roadmap. Yeah, I, I agree with that. You can't just. I think there's a lot of mind reading in that yeah. sense, where there's that expectation where. You know, you should know where to take me. You should know what yeah, to you do. And be then a man, you're disappointed set, at the end the of the day. Set the date. But, you yeah. know, I don't know if you eat meat. I don't know what you do, whatever. And, <laughs> and he doesn't want to fail. And he's, he, I don't think the women understand how insecure and almost fearful they are on, on any date, no matter how many times they've done it, because all of you guys are different. All I mean, the women, all the women are different. Our histories are different. What she likes is different. And we are basically just. You know, traditionally, when we're talking about a heterosexual couple, he compliments her, he asks her out, he does all these things, and he's getting very little back except for maybe thank you. Yeah. He's not getting the information and the validation uh, that he needs back. So the more information as a woman that you can give him, the easier it is. He just needs a roadmap to your happiness, I think. And... uh you know, I when I te- when I used to teach how to find love in sixty seconds, I would ask the women, "What do you need to be happy?" And the list of what makes them unhappy is <laughs> right there. It is very accessible. It is ready to go, and they haven't given nearly as much thought to what they need either right. out of a relationship or what makes them happy. And if he does, if you don't know, he doesn't know. Ah, okay. Here's a question: What do you think about sex on the first date? Yay or nay? I think it's fine. I mean, you're my personal experience. I'm like, like, I'm like, deep... I'm like good for me. You know, <laughs> uh, I'm like, I don't imagine I can do it. Does that ruin? No, I don't. I mean, I think every circumstance is different. Okay. I think is when you are comfortable with each other and you are comfortable with the consequences of it either way. If okay. You keep, keep doing what you what you can never do as a woman is use sex as either a reward or a referendum on your relationship, meaning it's not a carrot you can dangle to get him to like you or to be comfortable with him. And you can't say, well, because he waited six weeks to get to know me, that must mean something. Mm-hmm. They're really, to a man, two completely different things. Lots of people have had sex on the first date because their chemistry and they got along and they get married. Lots of people have waited till their wedding night and had sex and it didn't work out or did work out. Every circumstance is different. Yeah. What you shouldn't do is play games with it. Okay. Um, and if you're, and if you're not completely, you know, a lot of the women are like, well, the guy's going to think 
you know, one thing. If you, I go, I don't know, then he probably shouldn't try. Then that's on the man. Like, if you don't have sex with her, then don't. But um, I think every circumstance is different. And, and those are just my advice on that. Like, don't use it for something that, that it's not or don't misinterpret the meaning of it. Because to the man, it doesn't mean nearly the same thing. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. So what are some signs that men or women can look for to recognize whether or not this isn't going to be a match? Oh, that it isn't going to be a match. Um, You know, I think that if after, again, the first date is is nervousness. Right. Uh, You know, we have to look for is improve. You're not always going to have instant chemistry, even in a conversation. If you, if the second date isn't better than the first date or the third thing or the second conversation is better, if you're not moving in the right direction, if things become harder or even even conversation or banter or planning or anything is harder, you're probably out of sync. And it okay. is tough. It, you know, two people are out of sync or out of sync for a reason. You know, we just we just did a podcast uh, right before we came here where we had two people on there. Um, Allison and Skip Bedell from Catch a Contractor, who who both knew in one second without speaking that they were soulmates. Really? And and they seem to be, and it seems that? legit. And they're like, you know, when you feel it, and there's all that kind of stuff, and that is great. And I I do believe in that on some level that you know, but a lot of times you can if you clear away the clouds, y- you can get to that same point that some per- person might have gotten right away, and and you have to work to. You know, work towards it. What we're not willing to do anymore, I use the phrase "fight through the ick," mm-hmm. and because it's so, it's sort of a a next. I'll swipe again. I'll find somebody else. Right. That we all sort of pull the shoot on anything that might not be perfect right off the bat. And, okay. Uh, and it's you know, it, a relationship is worth fighting for. We talk about sometimes dating in Los Angeles, and people are like. Where do you live? Uh, Sherman Oaks. Where do you live? Manhattan Beach. And they're like, oh, we can't date. It's 11 miles away. I'm like, you sit in traffic for a lot worse things than love, you know? So you have to to get out of your comfort zone and expand your little circle. If you are on Tinder or Bumble or whatever, get it beyond five miles. Like expand uh, yeah. your circle, expand your age range, expand whatever you're trying to do. Your, you know, your answer probably lies somewhere other than where you're fishing. Okay, so do you, I feel like you're almost saying to go past the first date, like to get, to always go for a second date. Oh, like I said, like, like there had to be something that connected you in the first place, hopefully besides alcohol. And, uh... (laughs) And you should always, you know, so many people are like, I didn't like each other at first or whatever, but just have that, keep the ball in the air as long as you can. Don't screw each other up. But what a woman also does, and one of your friends might have asked that too, is after the first date, a lot of women are like, I don't understand. I laughed. I touched his arm. I said, thank you. And he didn't call me again. And I go... Well, did you let him know that you wanted to go you out with him again? again? And they're yeah. like, well, no, he could tell. I'm like, he can't tell. <laughs> All you have to say is, thank you. I would like to do it again. Or yeah. thank you. Can't wait to do it again. What that lets him know is that's not you asking him out. That's letting him know he they, can ask you out. And that you're interested. Yeah. Even with online dating, sometimes the women are like, I go back and forth forever. And it's like a pen pal. And yeah. I go, All you have to say is, after three sort of back and forth, just say, I'll tell you when I see you. Yeah. And that lets him know. He just wants that. that, that yeah. Like, oh, she will go there's out with me. 
And you and the and, and it is a little bit. I think that the women act and the men react. And and what that means is, I think they always need some signal of some kind to do what you want them to do. All right. Last question. What advice do you wish someone gave you when you were twenty? Think back to twenty-year-old Brian. What advice do you wish somebody gave you? Uh, it'll get better. Um, no, twenty <laughs> is that. Because uh, I feel like learn... that's such an ugly age. I used to say at 20, I had three social skills. I knew how to argue with, I knew how to hit on, and I knew how to make fun of. And I wish somebody told me that the act of conversation is so important because you can learn so much more about yourself. And the more you learn about yourself, Mm -hmm. good and bad, and the work you do on yourself, the the better you will be in all aspects of your life, whether it's work or relationships, whatever. And I wish somebody had told me that. That's actually really good advice. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so where can people find you on social media? Or do you have a website? Yeah, go to greatlovedebate.com. You'll see our tour schedule and, and all sorts of things. Uh, you can go to Great Love Debate on Instagram and Twitter. It's The Great Love Debate on Facebook. And uh, come to one of our shows or subscribe to our podcast, uh, iTunes, Corolla Digital, Podcast One. All right. I like it. Everybody needs to go and follow Brian. Check out The Great Love Debate. And don't forget to listen to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter every Wednesday on iTunes. Don't forget to subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at No Filter Zach. And, of course, follow me at Just Plain Zach across all social media platforms. I will talk to you guys next week. Bye. 